I'm Liz Toombs, owner of PDR Interiors and your host for Sorority Chat, the podcast where we talk all things Greek housing, decorating, and beyond. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Sorority Chat. Today, I want to talk with you a little bit about the characteristics of a successful chapter house project. I have five key ones that I want to hit on. The first one is communication. The strongest projects that my team and I have been a part of are the ones where we and the client communicate regularly. If it is a construction project, clear and constant communication is required from the entire team. And when I say the entire team, that means architects, contractors, um, my team, the client, you, the client. Um, when emails and phone calls go unanswered by anyone, it allows for things to potentially get delayed, decisions to fall through the cracks, and all of that creates opportunity for mistakes. And so nobody, nobody wants that. Now, your construction projects will typically have weekly OAC calls, which that stands for owner, architect, and contractor calls. So that whole team is typically on that on a weekly basis. But there are always going to be things that pop up between your meetings that need to be addressed. And some of them are going to end up being urgent. And so my recommendation to everyone involved is send the email, make the phone call, just handle it. And don't put it off and wait until the meeting because there may be other people that have to be pulled into the conversation. There may be other factors to getting a decision. And so if you put it off and wait till that meeting, you could be losing even more time. You know, I've talked about just, just from a construction standpoint, how communication is so vital. But I mean, that's even true if you're refinishing the floors, you're painting rooms, you're refurnishing a space or two. Communication has to happen for those things as well because there has to be coordination about when the house will be prepped and available for that work to be done, when all of that work needs to be finished so the women can come back in. Um, your design team has to be talking to those vendors, those um, subcontractors, the delivery people for furniture, all of that there has to be communication flowing among those professionals at all time, as well as from you, the client, and back to you as the client, because it's important that all of those people are giving you realistic information and making sure that you are um, included and always know what's going on to the level in which you want to know. I know that varies a little bit from project to project. Um. The second thing I will highlight is clear expectations. I love it when clients come to us with an RFP, which means request for proposal, or just a clear scope of work in general. It doesn't even have to be something incredibly formal. Um, the scope could be discussed over the phone. It could be discussed over Zoom. It could be emailed. It could be in a PDF, however it you want to present it. But getting the scope expectations outlined is so helpful because then when my team picks it up, we know exactly what we're being asked to do. And then we can sit down and look at, okay, here are all the factors that will go into it from our end. And then this is what it's going to look like as far as um, pricing and, and timing. 
And then we can send that back to the clients and they'll know all the details of the project as it pertains to us and in our office. And I think just talking about expectations up front ensure that any potential snags are minimized because if the client and the design team are on the same page, then they can really move forward through the project together instead of there being any confusion um, or at the end of the project, someone having to say, well, I thought you were taking care of that thing or that you were going to handle this. Um, it just, if you know what to expect on the front end and everybody has been open and discussed it, you should be in really good shape. And the concept of of expectations being clear, it really goes beyond the scope of work. You know, I talked about the budget and the understanding of the timeline, but it it definitely applies to those two things as well. Um, I talk a little bit more about those things in our next episode, which is titled What to Know in Hiring a Designer. So I would encourage you to listen to that episode for some more details. Um, I'm not going to go all into that here today, but there is some valuable information that you can find over there in that episode. So the third success factor for your project is delegation. On my team, we talk a lot about how the most successful projects are ones where there are no bottlenecks with one individual person. Um, and it's kind of funny because you could probably apply that analogy and the importance of delegation to just any general office environment um, and certainly to ours as well. But when I talk about delegation in regards to chapter house projects, I'm talking about any portion of the team, like that the designers, the contractors, the clients um, are never the bottleneck of information or decision-making. Um, and this goes hand in hand with communication, in my opinion, because you want there to be more than one person on the team empowered to make decisions or to answer a question um, because it will keep things moving along more smoothly. And, it, you know, it goes back to what I was saying, that if you have an unanswered call or an unanswered email, you're probably the bottleneck and you don't want to get to that point because of the potential delays and mistakes that could arise from that. And don't get me wrong. I understand you can't delegate everything and not every person involved in the project can take ownership for every decision in the project because that's that's just not going to work either. I, I totally get that. All I'm suggesting is that where applicable and when possible, you want there to be the opportunity to delegate decisions so that that project keeps on trucking along because there is value in that. And I'll give you an example of when I think about delegation. I think about the clients that say to us, we have hired you for your expertise. We value what you think and what you advise us to do. And so we want you to own these decisions. So, um, you know, it's okay when the contractor asks you for the floor stain. Sure, you can you can turn that over. You can make that decision and, and go from there. Um, that's just one, one example of of a way that delegation can work really well. And it certainly makes us feel good to know that we were hired for our expertise and we are trusted to make those decisions um, in the best interest of a client and um, the overall look that they're going for in, that, in the house. 
Um, another great factor is um, collaboration. Some of the best projects that we have been a part of are the ones where the whole team is collaborative. And so I know I just said everyone can't own every part of the project. And that's certainly not what I'm suggesting by saying collaborate. What I'm talking about is there's just a shared sense of responsibility for making the project a success. So the architect and the design team, they consult with each other before making a recommendation to the client. So then they're aligned and they get things in a good place to tell the client what would make the most sense based on their goals. The architect and the contractor talk in depth when problems arise and they figure out the best solution and then they can go to the client and the rest of the team with that recommendation. When you have a team that is collaborative, there is no finger pointing. Everyone just owns their parts of it. They supply their expert advice and, and allow you as the client to be able to make a decision and move on and feel good about that decision in most instances. So big fan of collaboration over here. Flexibility is another one. Um, I'm going to say the dreaded C word. COVID brought us an ever-changing marketplace. We have seen that a lot over the last couple of years. Prices have fluctuated daily on construction materials. We have seen significantly longer lead times in production of about everything under the sun. Uh, things just take longer and the labor force has dwindled, especially in the trades. These are hard jobs. Um, they are off physically taxing. Um, and so we just, we've seen some issues here. Personally, I love a routine. I love to, um, just follow a plan, know where things are going. So all of these variances in time and all of these <laughs> factors that are ever changing have made me a little nuttier than I probably already was before all of this happened, but I'm not in charge. I can't make everything go smoothly in every aspect of a project. And so I have very much learned to become more flexible when it comes to projects. Um, we have had instances where we've had to ask our warehouses to hold the furniture for six months longer than we thought that they would need to because the target installation date kept moving later and later and later. In other instances, we've had product that hasn't shown up on time. You know, it could be three months behind its original ship date. Um, there's been a lot of horror stories and I know that you have experienced them as well, just with some of the, the things that you've probably done in your chapter houses in the last two years. It is inconvenient, it is frustrating, and but all of it is a real possibility. It's, it's very likely that you will be facing this, these issues when you embark on a housing project uh, for your chapter's space. So what I'm encouraging you to do is to keep an open mind. Try not to be too invested in the plan that you have in your mind going smoothly because there's gonna be hiccups. There's going to be ways that it veers off course. And the more flexible you can be and the more open you can be to attacking a plan B, a plan C, it's just gonna go better for you. Um, I think flexibility is just, is certainly the most important factor that we've, talked about potentially, arguably, because being flexible means that you're not breaking at the, the problems that have arisen. And then the final key factor that I will say for successful projects is celebration. 
celebrate the small and the large victories along the way. It provides a much needed infusion of joy into your project. A lot of things can go wrong when you're updating the house. You can open up your walls and you can find mold. You can pull up those floorboards and find out that the pipes are failing and need to be replaced. And you didn't budget for that. The list really can go on and on. And I'm not here to scare you, but it's the reality of things. So when something goes smoothly or it finishes on time or hell, if it finishes ahead of schedule, whatever the case may be, just stop and celebrate it for a minute in whatever way that you like to celebrate things. I'll also say that most of these tradespeople and delivery people are used to only hearing negative feedback or complaints. And so when you can encourage them and share some positive comments, it really is a day changer for those people. In my own office, I keep a, a board near my desk of all of the little happies that people have sent me. What I mean by little happies is handwritten notes or emails thanking us for something we've done or giving us encouragement in our work. And so when I have a day that really isn't going well or I'm experiencing some challenges, when I catch sight of that board, it is so uplifting to me. Sometimes I'll pull the notes off and I'll reread them. They make me smile. It's heartwarming. It's also so, so simple. But somebody sent that to me and it meant something. And so I've kept it. Um, you really never know what those kind words could do for someone. And it certainly doesn't take much just to express them. Something that my team does is we will send emails or handwritten notes at the end of projects to our vendors to just say thank you. We want to show gratitude for the role that they played in the work that we do. Um, and it's just important that we make time to do that. So I encourage you to do the same. Be sure to celebrate along the way. Don't wait till the very end of the project because sometimes that's a couple years down the road. Celebrate those small successful milestones as you go through. I hope that, um, I think I told you there were five key success factors and it turns out I think there were actually six. Um, so my math is really stellar there. But seriously, I hope that you found some helpful nuggets in here and that these points help to guide your experience as you go through your own chapter house updates. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time.